Welcome to This Week in Photo. Bandwidth for this podcast is brought to you by CashFly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, or online store. For a free trial and 10% off, just go to squarespace.com and use the offer code TWIP. This week on TWIP, Apple's iOS 8 replaces iPhoto with the Photos app, but there's a catch. Plus, Panasonic announces the Lumix CM1 smartphone. This thing has a one-inch sensor and Leica glass. And finally, TwitPick is shutting down while Kevin Rose's new service, Tiny, is starting up. It's Monday, September 22nd, 2014, and this is TWIP. And welcome back to TWIP. I am your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Joining me today on the show to discuss the world of photography and more are Cheryl Dorskind and Mr. Derek Story. Hey, guys. Welcome to This Week in Photo. Hi. It's good to, it's good to have both of you on here. Cheryl, let's start with you. So you are brand new to This Week in Photo. So why don't you tell us who you are and what kind of photography you enjoy and all that good stuff. First, I just want to say congratulations with your new website. It's fantastic. Thank you. It's terrific. I'm really happy for you. Anyway, I'm Cheryl Dorskin. I'm a photographer. I do children's portraits. I do fine art photography. I'm an author. I'm an educator and a fine art photographer. I think I covered everything. You shoot, basically, you shoot everything. I love it. It's awesome. (laughs) I do everything. That's very cool. Well, hey, welcome. It's always good to have a new voice on This Week in Photo to keep it current and and diverse and all that good stuff because we tend to get in different ruts from time to time over the years. So it's always good to have a, a fresh face on the show, especially someone who likely knows more than I do about photography. So welcome. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Also on the show is my good friend, longtime Twipper, Mr. Derek Story. Derek, what is going on in the digital story world? Hey Frederick, uh, doing well. I actually have been doing a lot of commercial work lately. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Salt a little money away for the winter. You know how that goes. Squirrel <laughs> <laughs> slash photographer. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, okay, commercial job. I'll take it. Um, so yeah, I've been doing a, a lot of shooting lately, and uh, I've got some fun things to announce in October. I'll have the new workshop season will be announced on October first. Oh, nice. Uh, on the digital store, yeah. We're going to do some cool new stuff. I think I'm going to do uh, a Bodhi workshop uh, on, over there on the, on the east side of the Sierra. On really? high, off highway three. Yeah, Mona Lake and Bodhi in that area there. I, so may, I, have to, I may have to come with you and uh, yeah. carry camera bags or something for yeah, you. Yeah, you're invited. That'll be a, a new one this year, and then we'll do some of our favorites too. So, yeah, lots going on. Nimble photographers doing Fantastic. So uh, I'm nice and busy. I'm busy. Very cool. Well, yeah. busy is good. Well, welcome, welcome yes. back. I know you got a ton of stuff going on. You're Derek. You're like an iceberg, man. You know, you see, you see, you know, a little bit above the waterline, and then below the waterline is like a million things that you have going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm working on that below the waterline thing and <laughs> losing a few pounds there. <laughs> <laughs> global warming. It's all blame it on global warming. Al Gore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
right. Uh, all right. Before we continue, I I promised a young friend slash fan of this week in photo that I would mention the word YOLO on this episode. I've never used this word in in real life. But YOLO, and for the uninitiated, YOLO means you only live once. And I have to mention the fan. Her name is Kylie G. She is one of the youngest fans of This Week in Photo. And she dared me to say YOLO on TWIP. So I'm saying YOLO. You only live once on This Week in Photo. So Kylie, thanks for being a TWIP fan. I appreciate it. It's uh, it's the battle cry of the 20-year-old photographer group, so... There you go, Frederick. Wow, stepped, I'm like 20 plus years outside of that group, man. <laughs> stepped back in time. I did. I don't know if I could pull off YOLO. That'd be like, you know, wearing skinny jeans or something for me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. So as Cheryl mentioned, last week we announced and launched a brand new TWIP website with lots of new changes to the TWIP universe and a lot of, or a bunch of new shows that are launching soon. Also, one of the shows that are now in feed sort of format on the TWIP network is All About the Gear. That's a show that I host with Doug K. Actually, Doug K is the host, and I'm just the, uh, you know, the teller guy on the show to his pin. Um, the latest show that we uh, announced, or the latest review on All About the Gear, was on the Sigma DP2 Quattro. It's kind of a weird but capable little camera. And also, remember... All About the Gear, the show is now available as a separate podcast. Today it has only been a YouTube playlist slash show, and now it is a fully subscribable podcast available in the iTunes directory and via RSS on This Week in Photo. So if you want to subscribe to All About the Gear, just go to thisweekinphoto.com slash gear. Also, over the years, I've done literally hundreds of interviews. So I've curated those down to the you know about a hundred or so with more coming up in the in the coming weeks hundred or so interviews and in the latest interview on this new show that we're calling Twip Talks I sat down with Western Digital's Vice President of Marketing Scott Vory to discuss some of the new products that they re that they just released so check that out that's at thisweekinphoto.com/talks and I'm really happy to announce our newest brand new show to the TWIP network, and that's Street Focus. And it's a show that's focused all about street photography, and it's hosted by TWIP regular Valerie Jardin, or Jardin for the, uh, you know, the folks with the American accents. So Valerie uh, is talking about all about street photography, interviewing high-level street photographers, talking about gear, techniques, all that stuff. And you can find that show at thisweekinphoto.com slash street and you can subscribe to all of the shows the ones that are there now and the upcoming ones that will be released over the next coming months at thisweekinphoto.com slash subscribe all right guys before we jump into this episode of the show i want to thank our sponsor for this episode and that's our good friends over at squarespace.com this episode is brought to you by squarespace the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website portfolio or online store. For a free trial and 10% off, just go to squarespace.com and use the offer code TWIP. And remember, the new Squarespace metric app for iPhone and iPad allows you to check site stats like page views, unique visitors, and social media follows. And with the blog app, you can make text updates, tap and drag images to change layouts, and monitor comments on the go. 
You can start a free trial. You don't need a credit card. You can start building your website today. Then when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, just make sure to use the offer code TWIP, that's T-W-I-P, to get a full 10% off and to show your support for this week in photo. And we'd like to thank Squarespace for their support. Squarespace is everything you need to create an exceptional website. All right, let's jump into story number one. And this is all about iOS 8. So if you, I mean, if you're living under a rock, you may not have seen this release. But last week was all about Apple. They launched they launched the new uh, iPhone, what is it, the 6 and the 6 Plus, and the new Apple Watch. Of note to photographers are the photography capabilities within the new iPhone and also this new shift away from iPhoto into the new Photos app. So on Apple site, they say, with iPhone, people are taking more and more photos uh, than ever. And as photo collections grow, so does the desire to easily find, edit, and share them wherever and whenever. That's where the new Photos app comes in. So... That's great and a great indicator of where things are going with regard to iOS editing and all this cool stuff and the integration with the upcoming Yosemite release of macOS. But I talked to Joseph Lenaski earlier today, actually about an hour and a half ago, and he runs a site. He's a frequent TWIP host. He runs a site called thephotosexpert.com, and he told me that he found after updating to iOS 8 that iPhoto no longer works. <laughs> so, it, you know, and instead, when you click the iPhoto icon on iOS 8, instead of launching the app, it says, quote, iPhoto is not supported on iOS 8. Your photos, uh, what is it say? Your photos and image adjustments will be preserved in Photos or the new Photos app. So, basically, like a good minion, you click the import button. But the rub is, after you import your photos, all of your slideshows, galleries, collections, etc., that you had sort of put together in iPhoto are gone. So you have the image adjustments on your photos, but the collections that you meticulously crafted and slideshows that you put together lovingly are gone. So unfortunate. So Cheryl, I want to start with you on this. So you, uh, you know, I'm... You're brand new to TWIP, so I'm not sure if you're Android, iOS, Windows Phone, whatever. <laughs> but you've seen this story. What What do you think about this? I mean, iPhoto is Apple's kind of moving into the direction of this unified Photos app, but we're hitting a bump in the road. The first bump in the road is this migration. What do you think? Whenever there's a new operating system, there's always problems. I'm an Apple person. I I have a lot of Apple product. Um, I did update my iPad today and tested out the new photo app. It's 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 nice. It's you can change the picture like you could do on Instagram. So I I, I see where they're going. They yeah. they sort of want you in their land. I never liked iPhoto. I when stuff went to iPhoto, I didn't know where it went. So I think they're going to have a real problem because you can get the stuff out of iPhone, but it seems like it's a complicated task to do that, and I feel bad for all those people. Yeah, yeah, and I feel bad specifically for Joseph, my friend, <laughs> because Joseph, Joseph is like fully, or was, slash is fully invested into the Apple ecosystem and build the slideshows, all this crazy stuff going on, because he was formerly known as the Aperture Expert, and now he's the Photos Expert, and now he's got to rebuild everything, and presumably there's a lot of stuff to rebuild. Derek, you saw this. You've written books about all this stuff, and so you're you're an expert. 
it, was this, I mean, why, <laughs> why not preserve my collections and slideshows and all that? Or is this just a price of progress? I think it is a price of progress. And uh, I, I think it's, this is probably going to be a bigger bump uh, in the road than what we see on Yosemite, which I think that transition from Aperture and iPhoto to Photos on the Mac, I think will be a little bit smoother than this. I think, uh, you know, they, they did a give and take on this, on Photos. Yeah. They did a give and take. They gave us, uh, you know, a lot of uh, image editing controls. They gave us some uh, cool black and white conversion controls. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a lot of nice stuff. And I think one thing that people don't realize, I, the one area I was disappointed a bit with was that the filters hadn't changed from uh, the previous app. But the thing about it is that that's an open API. And so that we should start to see third-party filter packages available for the application, which means then I think it, it, that'll be even more interesting. So we'll be able to buy or get for free uh, additional filters for the app and, you know, really kind of expand it that way. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, you know, you lose a few things. I have to tell you, though, I, I just in my heart of hearts, I just don't think there are that many die-hard iPhoto for iOS users out there that were really, you know, using it to the full extent of the app. That right. just wasn't wasn't my impression. So I think they did a calculated risk uh, on this, and, you know, th there'll be a little pushback. I mean, if you're one of the guys that got burned, you're, you know, you'd be a little upset. Yeah, and I, I, I think I may be in that, that sort of general crowd because mm -hmm. I... Like Cheryl, you know, I don't really, I never really used iPhoto on the phone that much. It's, I bought it and it's installed or, you know, I got it for free or whatever. Um, but there's, I have a folder full of photo apps on my phone that I use yeah. for different things. And iPhoto was very rarely very one of, you know, one of the ones that I went to. Yeah. And I didn't build all the collections and slideshows and all that stuff. I just don't yeah. do that on the phone, you know. It's just not me. I don't know. And, and, you know, that could have been part of the discussion, you know, about all of this, you know, that, you know, they probably did a little bit of research and going, you know, uh, you know, maybe we, we tried the wrong direction with this and, you know, we, we should try uh, uh, something else. And yeah. I think photos represents uh, something else. And, you know, we won't really be able to appreciate photos or or understand what we don't fully like about it until we see uh, Yosemite and how all of that integration comes together. You know, yeah. so all you know, we right now we got a, a table with one leg, and uh, you know, we we need a little bit more. Yeah. Now, Cheryl, how do, <clears throat> how does mobile photography fit into your world and the things that you do? I mean, I've I've heard you know from the far left of the spectrum that people are like saying like. You know, Jack Hollingsworth, for example, he's like 110% throttle twisted 100% on mobile photography is the next big thing. And it's, you know, it's going to overtake DSLRs and mirrorless and video and it's all going to be mobile, right? And then on the far right, I hear people that are like, you know what, that's awesome. I take a picture of my parking space every now and then, but when I really want to do photography, I pull out my proper camera. Where do you, where do you fall yeah. in that matrix? I only use my pro cameras when I'm working. Well, I shouldn't say only, but uh, generally speaking, I have my phone, my iPhone with me all the time. But it's it's just there in case I need to capture something. I take I take um, 
I t use those Canon D series. I just I take that with me everywhere. When I'm not working, I like to walk around and photograph a lot. So I just have that camera with me, and when they break, I get the next one. And I don't know. I might. I probably might go mirrorless when this one breaks, because I live at the beach, and I'm always at the beach with the camera. So it's just a matter of, of when it will break. But um. Yeah. So you're I not mean, you're not that person that's like, okay, this is cutting edge technology on the phone, the iPhone six and six plus, with all this magic camera in there. I'm gonna see if I can't replace my DSLR slash no, mirrorless with a phone. You're not well, that I'm getting person. a six. I'm getting a six. The plus is too big. Yeah. Um but no, it's just it's a tool. It's a it's a toy and it's it's a way to communicate. But um you can't use it for working. I can't but that you know that said you can take beautiful pictures with iPhones and you can hang them on walls, you know, but it I it would be great if they made the um phone if it had raw yeah, like that yeah. Uh, that other phone we're going to talk about soon. Yeah, that Panasonic we're going to talk about. I want to I want to get Derek's thoughts on this too. So Derek, you're, you know, I I would say you're you're the geeks geek, right? You get excited about this stuff when it comes That's out, true. and you have to fight the urge of want versus need, like the rest. Of us. <laughs> so when you yeah. saw this, with like, how do you fall in that? Cheryl falls in the camp of. You know what? It's a snapshot camera. If I want to do serious photography, I'm going to use my proper camera. You're the nimble photographer, though. So where where yeah. do you fall in on that? Yeah, you're right about the temptation thing. I I, I just wrote what my last journal entry was that my eyes are bigger than my credit limit. Uh, yeah. so, <laughs> Amen. You know, so uh, I you know I like this stuff. Uh, I I love shooting with the iPhone. I love shooting with. Um, my mirrorless cameras, and then I use uh, DSLR still for my commercial work. So I, I'm using the whole spectrum. But, you know, a lot of times I'm surprised at how good of photos I get out of the iPhone 5S. And uh, I'll just I'll pull it out. I, I want to do a blog post on something, and I'll go, I, I should probably go grab my camera out of the cabinet or something. And I'll say, well, I'll just do it with the iPhone. And uh, so I'll just, you know, like set up a little reflector, you know, with a plate or something or whatever and shoot the shot, and it's good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right. it's, it's like very good and, uh, you know, clean it up a little bit, uh, crop it, and push it on up. And I was just going, man, you know, this is really nice. So I, I have a high appreciation, you know, what Samsung, Apple, those companies are doing, uh, Nokia with their, you know, latest uh, the Sony, uh, you know, uh, smartphones, they're yeah. very, very good image quality. Experience, I, yeah, yeah. Outstanding. DxO gave a very high rating. So I, I'm very impressed with uh, what they've managed to do. And, and, you know, the thing that I will say about, that I like about the smartphones is that, you know, the Apple and Samsung and those, they use the firmware to update our device and to, to make it, better without having to buy new hardware yeah. for the life of me uh, you know digital camera makers have just really started kind of catching on to that lately we have a couple nice firmware updates with the uh, Fujifilm X-T1 and the uh, Olympus EM1 but virtually why aren't they making our existing digital cameras better you know and mm -hmm. but but Apple and Samsung do and you know we and iOS 8 is a great example of Hey, I still have a 5S, but I have a lot of new features. Yeah, I know. I love. It. I I think 
in the future, the you know, there's like this diminishing returns, right? So it's like, I'm getting older, and the, the future is coming. So at some yeah. point, I'm not going to care what they release, and I'm just going to yeah. be like, yeah, get off my lawn, kids, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But until that happens, I want to see, like, I want my mirrorless, like my, my, uh, my Panasonic GH4, for example. I want it to have Wi-Fi. It has Wi-Fi capabilities in it, but I want it to, like, when it's in my home network, to connect and update itself and tell me somehow exactly. that, hey, I've just added this new thing. You know, you've got an intervalometer now. You know, I want I want that kind of seamlessness to happen. Oh. Yeah, I and uh, I think, you know, we get that with smartphones. We, we get, right. I think, a, uh, you know, a much better user experience. And, you know, I got to tip my hat. You know, they've put a lot of pressure, Apple and Samsung in particular, but also Sony, HTC, uh, all, Nokia. They've put a lot of pressure on camera manufacturers to kind of get their act together. Right. Right. And I'm looking for that act to be gotten together. <laughs> yeah. You, like, in my house, there's, you know, arguably, I'm, I'm like in a probably a Derek Story type household where it's very geeked out, right? So, yeah, I got a few things here. Yeah, there's a few <laughs> things floating around, and I think... In you know things that don't that aren't state of the art start contrasting with things that are. For example, like the Xbox One acting as an entertainment center that I can talk to. You know right. that I can just go sit down on my couch and say, Xbox, go to Netflix. Exactly. You know, and I'm in Netflix. I find myself in my bedroom. There's just a little Apple TV in there, mm -hmm. wanting to talk to my Apple TV, but I can't. You know, so, and similarly with my my cameras, I want them to update automatically, like Nest does. You know, when because it's connected, it knows what's best for it. It should just update. How come this stuff doesn't happen? Well, and I mean, it can go beyond that too. I mean, uh, you could, should be able to walk into the room, and the photos that are on your camera should be able to automatically go onto a wireless drive on the network. Uh, you know, with you just coming in the door. Yes. By the time by the time you get your cold drink and take off your shoes, then the pictures are ready for you to work on. Yes. This is not hard. You know, they you know, people know how to do this. I know, I know. I mean, and we're armchair quarterbacks here, but still, yeah. I mean, like Cheryl, what what about you? Like in your household, like do you need this level? I mean, Derek and I are clearly in Silicon Valley, right? <laughs> so we're <laughs> we're marinating in all that is geek, right? You're cool and out there in the Hamptons, so you you represent the cool sort of level-headed version of this conversation. Does this stuff? Do you care about this level of technology? Does it? Would it help you? Or are you just like, you know what? Just let me take pictures and be done with it. Yeah, I yeah. love technology. I mean, I'm not. I obviously I'm I'm not like into it like Derek is, but um, yeah, yeah I, I would like to walk in and my camera upload and be robotic and why not? It's the future, man. I mean, this is this is the where things need to go, and I think it it just needs to be easier. Like, I can get in. I can, like I was saying, I can sit in the living room and talk to the Xbox and watch a movie, watch Netflix, go on YouTube or whatever. Um, then I can get in my car, which has voice control in there, and I can navigate the stations and all that. If I'm walking around San Francisco, I can whip out my cell phone and talk to Siri and use iOS 8 to navigate around the city. Derek, how come that technology has not made it down? to my my camera which has multiple computers in it right 
Well, that's the question, right? I mean, you know, that's yeah. that's the thing I've been wondering. Why why hasn't it? And uh, I, I actually wrote about that today on the journal. I said, why aren't they doing this? And I can't answer that question other than they nothing has pushed them to it. And, and maybe now, uh, you know, what uh, the technology companies are doing in the world of photography will start to get the camera manufacturers off their duff a bit. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know what will happen. You would think that the fear of death would be, <laughs> I mean, would be yes. an incentive. <laughs> you I mean, know, you want to stay alive, innovate, but they still yeah. don't innovate. Don't it's know. like um, Polaroid. They, right. you know, they, it's just, it's the same thing. So I don't know. You know, some of these camera manufacturers are gonna probably end up folding. I know they're gonna be Polaroided. I mean, by the way, did you guys see that new? There's a new documentary. I don't know if it's new, but there's a documentary that's new to me that just showed up on Netflix on Polaroid. Oh, it I haven't is, seen that. You gotta watch yeah. it. You gotta watch it. Um, I, I'm trying to remember the name of it, but just go look, search for Polaroid or whatever, and you'll find it. But it's it's about Polaroid and it's current. So it talks about Polaroid and their demise and why they went away and how historic they were. But then it also goes into that. What was Derek? Do you remember the name of that new company that started developing film, The Impossible Project, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So The Impossible Project comes on and they talk about their film and. People talk about how it was overpriced and, you know, all this stuff. And it's really interesting just to get a glimpse yeah. into that world, you know. It's cool. Yeah, I, you know, I just I just watched the new Ken Burns thing. You know, he did the oh. uh, thing on the Roosevelt's. Yes, I got to watch uh, that. Yeah, and Ken Burns has now integrated uh, video and color <gasps> into, yeah, yeah. Stop you know, the press. It was it was interesting to I mean because you know anyone who ever does slideshows you know should watch you know at least a few of his productions you know because he he does a lot of really nice things yeah but uh, but it was interesting to me to watch him experiment with new things and sort of you know you push his his envelope a bit and it worked it worked for me yeah yeah very very. Interesting. I have to watch that. It'll be in my list. But definitely check out that, that Polaroid thing, I too. I will. That's a, that's a good tip. It's part of history, you know. It's a, it's an unfortunate part. One thing I'll leave you with on the Polaroid thing was that kind of set me back a bit. People get emotional about stuff, you know. And Polaroid is a company that's selling stuff, and arguably they made some innovations. Granted, don't take anything away from them from doing that. But there was this woman, which you will see when you watch the documentary, on the show that started bawling like crying that Polaroid had gone away. And I'm like, you know what? There are like wars going on and starving people in the world yeah. and murder and all this stuff going on, and you're crying about Polaroid going away. Really? <laughs> really? Prioritization of the tear droppage. <laughs> all right. Story number two. The second story is about Panasonic. So... Here's the blurb Bruce put in here. He says, uh, building on the success of its Lumix line, Panasonic revealed their latest entrant into the connected camera category at Photokina. The Lumix CM1 is a smartphone that uses the latest Android operating system, but it's not the phone that's the story here. The CM1 features a one-inch sensor capable of capturing a 20-megapixel still and 4K video using its 28mm or 35mm equivalent F2.8 Leica lens using the dedicated shutter button and the slider on top of the device. So this is, again, a smartphone with a one-inch sensor and a Leica lens. So, but the, the rub, of course, of this is it's only available to folks living in France 
and Germany. Uh, Cheryl, you yeah. looking at this? Is this is this something? I mean, we're talking convergence here, right? We've got the new iPhone six and the six plus with their new camp, you know, photo capabilities, and now we have this thing, which is running Android and shoots 4K video and 20 megapixel stills. Can you see yourself jumping into something like this and saying, you know what, I'm done with all that other camera stuff. I'm I'm moving into convergence. I'm gonna my phone is my camera is my phone. What do you think? I think it's great because the the camera shoots raw. I, yeah. I I think that's great. I actually went on DP Review and they have like an incredible amount of chatter about this phone. It seems people are very passionate about it. It's probably they're probably up to 300 comments. But Jeez. from everything I scanned, um, it seems like they think they missed the mark on a, a bunch of things, such as the. The, there's a problem with the flash. I don't, Derek, you probably know the tech reasons what's wrong with the flash. But and then there's the 4K is only good for, for up to um, 30 frames per second, I think it was. And I don't know. There's it's, it, it, and also the uh, iPhone has a wider aperture, um, right. and it has um, I think it has a better lens. So. You know, so, yeah, but it, it's interesting. But I'm that, an Apple person, not an Android person. But. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that we're defining this category now, though. But I, you know, the cameras. So, Derek, this is this looks like a camera masquerading as a phone, whereas the iPhone 6 Plus is a phone that has awesome camera capabilities on it. Do you do you agree with that, or am I missing the mark there? No, I, I think it feels like a cam. The, we're talking about the Lumix now. Yeah, it's, Lumix. It feels like a camera first. I mean, it's a handsome little guy. Yeah, I, yeah. I like the way it looks, and uh, but it looks like a camera, and uh, I think that's probably the priority. If you decide to go this way, you're probably thinking photography first, and and uh, maybe smartphone uh, features or or portability second. Right. Um, it's going to cost you uh, because I don't think it's going to be a, even when we get it here in the states. I don't think it's going to be a subsidized device, so you're probably going to have to pay the twelve hundred bucks or so for it. So, I I would think that if you are a, a diehard mobile smartphone photographer and you literally just want to carry one device, uh, you could justify the price with this. And, um, you know, I'm sure they're going to smooth out some of the flaws uh, over time. Panasonic's pretty good about that. Yeah. So is it? And I don't know how they keep the thing cool. I mean, a, a one-inch, probably the reason why the 4K is limited is probably starts to melt after a few minutes. You get in your pocket and you, you know, yeah, start burning things. Very well, one-inch one sensor is huge, too. Right. Yeah, That's yeah. It's, I mean, for a device that small, it's very big. Yes, you know. So, I mean, Fujifilm decided not to move up to a one-inch sensor when they came out with the X30, which is, you know, a pretty good-sized camera. So, uh, you know, Canon, of course, just did. They just did their one-inch sensor thing, and Sony's been doing it for a while. So this is pretty bold, I have to say. Uh, you know, Panasonic put their big boy pants on and just said, "Yeah, we're gonna." <laughs> yeah, they're they're walking around very very proud. You know, I look at devices like this, particularly this one, and I I think would would I use this right? So and maybe I'm not the perfect, but you know, I would say maybe arguably I am the perfect target to be asking that because I'm in the iPhone sort of ecosystem and I have Android devices like a Sony tablet and the Moto X and all that. But my primary driver is the iPhone 5S, 
and I'm a photographer, and I shoot Panasonic gear, you know, the mirrorless gear, which has Wi-Fi and all that. So I look at this, and I think, okay, if I was to get this, when would I leave the house with it? <laughs> you know, so, I mean, am I going to make this my primary camera? Is it going to replace my iPhone? You know, especially yes, on the heels of the 6 and the 6 Plus, would would this new category replace my iPhone? Probably not. Or the other side of it is, you know, this new GM5 that Panasonic announced that I'm lusting Ooh, after. No, am I going to take no. my GM5 out with my iPhone and then call it a day? You know, I don't, I don't know. Like, who is this guy for? Derek, who is this phone for? Is it the new guy or is it? No, no, I don't think it's the new guy at all. I, I it's, You know, one of the things that Cheryl mentioned earlier was the ability to shoot raw. Uh, right. You know, mobile device yeah. so this gives you that you know with uh with a pretty decent sensor uh so i i, I think it's just the opposite of the new guy it is the and this is a guy that is a serious photographer serious geek really wants to do the one device thing and if, if the phone lives up to you know its end of the bargain so that you truly can use it for as your smartphone uh, you know, and all the other little things that you have to do, you could probably have a very nice uh, photography life with with just this device. Yeah. I think it's going to come down to though for me is like how is it to use it? You know, I mean, you know, the the specs are one thing. You know, you get all excited about it, but you know, how is it to actually take pictures with it? And yeah. That's how I am with the iPhone. You know, I know people that a lot of people that pre-ordered the new iPhone and six plus and the six and all that, and they're on the list and they're all happy. And some of them have them already. You know, and I'm like, maybe maybe it's the cantankerous old man in me, but I'm thinking, like, this is a a big phone. You know, how are you how are you sight unseen buying this thing that's gonna? Oh, be that's a in good point. Life? I was I was yeah. um I was holding it the other day, uh, yesterday, um, yeah. and this woman had pre-bought it, and I said, this is this is huge, you can't, I, I didn't even know her, but I said, you can't hold this thing, I, I can't know hold her, it. You're trashing her purchasing decision. <laughs> and and then, I said, then I said, I'm so sorry, I just, it just blurted out of me, it's, it's huge. Um, so she, of course, is going to return it, but um, I'm, I'm getting a sex. Yeah. I'm excited about it. But, I um, wanted a large phone, and you know, you know, to all those Android people out there, I'm an Android person. I have a Moto X, so I have a foot in that crowd. But the Android faithful will that come to arms at any negative thing that you know against Android, they will be quick to say that Android has had this size phone out for quite yeah. a while, and they're true. You know, it's not like Apple reinvented this category or this size of phone. So there's that. So I'm not acknowledging that, but I'm just thinking like, you know, even here I'm holding up my yeah, here's my here's my iPhone, right? This is a 5 the 5S and then here's the Motorola, the Moto X. And the Moto X is just a little bit slightly ever so bigger than this one. So when I got the Moto X, I was thinking this would be perfect if it's just a little bit bigger, but not giant like those big phones that look like you're calling an airstrike or something. You know, I just want. I just want yeah, how do you? What do you? How do you walk around with them? I mean, you have to yeah, hold you, it. You know, you know. I don't. I think that's it. You don't. But I want something that I can. Like the iPhone 5s is great, but it's just a little bit too small, and I lust yeah. after just a little bit more space to get stuff done on that doesn't force me to go to an iPad. You know. So there's something in between there, and I, but I don't know. I mean, sight unseen, 
I don't know if I could pull the trigger. I know, well, actually, I know for a fact I can't pull the trigger on getting that six plus without sitting and holding it in my hand and saying, okay. Well, and, and, this will fit in my cup holder yeah. in the car, you know. I, well, yeah, I mean it's a great point, and and I think a, a lot of the new devices that we saw just announced, both from Apple and then Photokina. Right, we're coming off of Photokina yeah. week where we yeah. saw a ton of stuff, and you know you look at it on the screen of your computer or your mobile device, and you really can't tell. You know the, how it's going to fit in your hand. Yeah. Uh, you can't really tell what the user experience is going to be. All that sort of stuff. And this is to your point. You need to try this stuff. You need to really because I'll tell you one of the reasons why the uh, iPhone has done well over the years, most popular camera in the world, is because the user experience is, is good. Yeah. One of the people. One of the reasons why people love DSLR still and and will not get rid of them and they're not going anywhere. I don't care what anyone says, is that the user experience for some people is is really good. Yeah. And I, I think the new devices with the ones that grab hold are going to be the ones that not only do their job but make it pleasurable while you're doing it and you got to hold the thing you got to yeah. I mean you do so yeah, you, you I think to... your point's great yep yeah and to Apple's credit though I mean it's interesting from a marketing standpoint we're having a conversation over which one to buy yeah know? yeah <laughs> so yeah. not if I should buy it or not it's like that's a foregone conclusion that we're getting one but it's which size to buy, you know. So that, it's interesting that that little nuance is there. Yeah. Well, I'm on the uh, I am on the S cycle, so I uh, I'm gonna wait and see how this all shakes out, and then next. So you're round. not you're not jumping in with both feet on this this version, huh? You're gonna suffer no. it out with your 5s. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna hang out with 5s. 5s running iOS 8. That's not a bad. That's not a bad deal. Though. I mean, that's you know, this is where you have to step back and take a breath and go, okay, reality check here. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay for now. And I'll never say never. Something could come up where I, I decide to make a change. But right yeah. now, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm gonna sit back and, and see what they do with the refine. These are two, like you said, these are two new phones, new form factors, new everything. So I want to see what the refined versions are gonna look like too. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. You know, don't you know what they say? They sit back and let the settlers take the arrows. Yes. Right? <laughs> and then I you that all the time. after all that mess is over and, and hang out. <laughs> all right, cool. So other the next story that I want to talk about. So we talked about the Lumix CM1, by the way. That's what the camera the camera phone we were talking about. Um, but TwitPic, if you're a fan of Twitter and you've been sharing images on there, you know, in the early days, there's a service called TwitPic that allowed you to essentially quickly attach a photo via a URL to a tweet, and it quickly became the standard. So, unfortunately, lacking the resources to defend itself in a lengthy battle with Twitter proper, TwitPic is officially shutting down September 25th. So as we record this, we're recording this September 22nd. So in three days from now, TwitPic will be no more. They started in 2008, and like I said, their, their value proposition was allow photographers to share photos on Twitter, but they're losing access to Twitter's API um, pending a trademark suit with Twitter and users essentially have the have until the 25th of September 2014 as we record this to export and download any of the images that they stored on TwitPic. This is this is interesting cuz I want I want to talk about this with you guys cuz when I put my marketing hat on 
I talk a lot about the the whole idea of digital sharecropping, and that's the that's when you build up your business or your social presence and put all your eggs on someone else's land. You know, in this case, Twitter with TwitPic, or if you're building a business and you you base its infrastructure on Facebook, you know, for example, or something, or Google Plus or something, you're building on someone else's land or renting a room from your brother-in-law. You know, <laughs> so when that goes away, your stuff goes away. In this case, it was TwitPic that built their entire infrastructure and business based on Twitter. And Twitter, arguably at the time, was smaller. And they're like, oh, yeah, hey, you're, you're adding this. This is cool, dude. Thank you for supporting us. And now Twitter's giant. And Twitter's saying, I'm sorry, who are you again? You're, <laughs> you are an annoyance. Did I? Did you get invited to the party? Let me see your invitation. So Derek, when you when you saw this, am I am I off base with this whole digital sharecropping thing? Should they have done this or what? What do you think? You know, I th- I think it it went the way you would think it's gonna go, right? <laughs> I mean, really, I'm surprised they they got it. I mean, it's not even like the brother-in-law was uh, renting. I'm not even sure that uh, you know there was any uh, you know business exchange between the two. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know, but I I was always under the impression that there really wasn't. They, right. You know, so I, you know, I would say if I was those guys, hey, it was a nice run, and now I got to figure out what my next venture is going to be. Live and learn, yeah, 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 yeah. live and learn. Kind of like well, the guy that sold all his Apple stock for ten grand back in the day. That's now worth yeah, twenty billion or something. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But, but I mean, you know, the in the in the early days, Twitter was messaging only, and you know, we wanted to attach photos, and you know, they. They came up with a way to do it, and that was cool. And uh, yeah. you know, thank them for it. But uh, you know, now uh, photos are a big part of Twitter. They're one of the one of the measurements of if you're a social photographer. You know, it, you know are you on Instagram? Are you publishing on Twitter and Google Plus? That kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. In hindsight, hindsight is twenty twenty. You know, and Cheryl, when you when you see a story like this, you know, you have a business. You're you you're an author. You do all this stuff in publishing, etc. So when you see stories like this of a company that basically was building their business and their business model was based on good faith, which lawyers would probably you know their skin would crawl when they hear the good faith term. <laughs> What what do you think? What do you think of the story? Did they did they mess up or is Twitter in the wrong and they should have just said, you know what, Twitpick, we're gonna buy you. Here's a billion dollars. Come on in. Here's some cubes. Go set up camp and go for it. No, I mean no. You know that's that's not what it's about. You know, <laughs> it's about money. <laughs> it's not. For, you know, it's, they're not friends. Yeah, it's about money. I I mean, I come from a family of lawyers. You don't you don't do anything on business on good faith. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was. This is coming down for a while. Right. This thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's it's interesting, and I I feel sorry for those guys. I saw a story. I don't know if it was a story or documentary or something on TwitPick, and it was talking about how the guy started in a one-bedroom apartment, and you know he had the server himself and was doing the administration. It was like your classic startup story that he saw a need. People want to share images on Twitter. I'm, I have the knowledge. I'm going to build the server and set it up and make it happen. And it just took off from there with celebrities using TwitPic and all that stuff. And, you know, I think it was it's a sad story of somebody who's making it up as they go along, which we all are. 
but in varying degrees of making upness. You know? yeah. yeah, I mean it's too bad he couldn't sell out and, and make a fortune, but you know, not everyone not everyone can. It's yeah. Too bad. Yeah, that's sad. But but I mean he learned a lot of we all do on our on our business ventures. You know, he learned a lot of stuff along the way. Uh you know, I mean that's this was fantastic experience in terms of going from, you know, your bedroom to suddenly having a real business. Right. Takes that stuff and goes on to the next thing and uh it, change is definitely part of uh part of this environment that we're in. Yeah. And and you know, I'm hoping you know I I want them to 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 come up with something else that's cool and and maybe in a way that they can benefit from it even more. Yeah. So. But how to not to dive too deep into that, but how like a TwitPick type service, if mm. you're building that, what is your what is the monetization strategy for <laughs> for well, a service like yeah. that that's built on somebody else's network? You know, you're not it's not like you're gonna be serving ads in there or anything like that. Or yeah. is the strategy to be acquired and that just didn't happen because Twitter's like, you know what, we can just throw an engineer at that and build it ourselves. Why do we need you? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what happened. Right. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't need them him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, there was no paper. There's no agreement, no no contracts or anything in place. So they're like, you know what? Hmm. Why don't we just build it? (laughs) Let's let's just build that into a dot release of Twitter, and it's all good. And you know, we'll go to court. So. You know, and I, I, in all honesty, I didn't dive into the story very much because even you know the the abstract of it, I just go. I'm I'm not surprised, you know, yep. and and just kind of yeah. moved on to the to the next thing, even without knowing the the details of it. I still don't know the details of it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. 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 Time yeah. to go on it's, to the next thing. It's unfortunate. All right. So the next yeah. thing, the next thing is about Tiny. So there's a new photography sharing platform that's been created by Dig founder Kevin Rose, who's also an investor in many of the companies around these parts. Um, so Tiny, here's their, their, their little uh, tagline. Tiny is a unique photo sharing app that hopes to address the anxiety of sharing photos and videos by keeping them in small or keeping them small and disposable. So basically it's like Snapchat. So yeah. their interface is based around displaying a live stream of photos and video loops from those that you follow, those people that you follow. And these photos are, in fact, tiny. They're displayed in a square aspect ratio of only 212 by 212 pixels, and the photos are only available for 24 hours, and they cannot be zoomed into. So it's like disposable junk food type photography or something. I don't know. So the service is using your Twitter login and allows you to capture photos and video and share them on the timeline, all that, that sort of stuff. So Derek's story, this, uh, you're on the leading edge. You try all this new stuff out. Is uh, Tiny on your iPhone? It's not on my iPhone. Uh, and if you would have asked me a couple years ago, I go, I don't see much of a future for it. But I, Snapchat sort of changed my, uh, my perception of that because uh, Snapchat definitely has struck a chord with with a lot of people and uh, and especially I, I notice it uh, you know with um, high school kids and you know and 20 year olds they they like they like just how is this so immediate so I you know I think there probably could be something to it I think uh, it'd be interesting to see how you differentiate yourself from you know someone that's pretty strong market position right now but uh, yeah 
I I think there could be something to it. <laughs> there could be. It could happen. Not really for me though. Not, yeah. you know. I downloaded it and uh, I I don't know. I didn't I didn't I didn't get where it was going to differentiate itself from Snapchat. Mm -hmm. I yeah. I just I didn't get it. It's like yeah. it's a collage mini squares within squares. I, I but I don't know. I, I don't know who, who would take all the time to to use that. Just, yeah, I got a, I got a down, I downloaded it. It is, in fact, on my phone, but I just put it on there. I haven't played with it yet. But like many social networks, there's, there's two camps, right? So they're like I read G Gary Vaynerchuk's book, um, which is, uh, what is it? Jab, jab, right hook. I think is the title of it. And one of the tenets in in his book is you can't dismiss these new technologies as they show up because who knows which one is going to be the next Snapchat or the next Twitter or whatever. You get on on the ground floor and then you build your base and you suddenly become a Trey Radcliffe or somebody like that with gazillions of followers. But there's that side of it. Then the other side of it is, dude, I got a lot of stuff to do. <laughs> you know, I'm, yeah. There's a lot of social networks I got to keep up with. I'm trying to keep Twip going. I'm doing this and then there's family and then there's travel and work stuff. Do I really have a slice of time to, to commit to building out yet another user base of people that may or may not care about anything I have to say? So yeah, I, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not dismissing technology. I, I I like all these new things. I just I don't even I don't think it's so new. I think it's copycat. I don't know. Yeah. I guess maybe I shouldn't be critical on air, but um, I just. I just didn't get the value of it. I, I I thought I had read that he was just sort of throwing it up, just like trying trying lots of things out and. Yeah. Well, that's really the definition. See. That's the definition of Silicon Valley, you know. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, A/B testing on the West Coast is what we do. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's interesting. I'm gonna play with it and see and see how it goes. But you know, because I don't the old me before I read Gary Vaynerchuk's book, uh, you know, jab jab right hook. I would have just dismissed it and said, you know what, I don't have time for it. It's another network, whatever. But since I've read that book, I'm going to give it the one-two. I'm going to go in, I'm going to dive into it and see what it's about and establish an account on there and all that. And then if it doesn't work, I'll dismiss it. So, <laughs> You know, the the thing that I ask myself on this stuff is I have to be careful that I that I don't overlook something too. Yeah. Is, you know, what problem does it solve? You know that yeah. that's kind of the question I always ask. What problem does it solve, and do I, you know, do I have that problem? And you know, I I apply that to a lot. I, I apply it to the Apple Watch, for example. I'm looking at right. the Apple Watch, and I'm going, yeah. you know, so what problem does it solve right now? Now, if I needed to monitor my uh, heart rate or something like that, uh, you know, with the the way that the watch can do that with HealthKit, then that would solve a problem for me. But you know, right now it it doesn't really solve any problems that my other devices aren't. So I'll probably wait and see what what happens with it. And I do that with these things too. I just kind of say, is it does it do something that uh that potentially I I would need that Twitter or Snapchat or whatever isn't doing right now. And um, for that reason, I, you know, I, I'm holding off for the moment, but that could change. They could refine it, and then maybe it will add something that doesn't happen. But I think that's a good question to ask on this sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the old question of 
is this new thing a cure in search of a disease? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, but you know, Steve Jobs would say he well, he used to he made things that nobody needed, and then right. then exactly. you needed them. So. Um, yeah. Yeah, he made so products for people that solved problems that we didn't know we had, right? So, yeah, that's a great point because, like, with the iPhone, before I had my iPhone, what did I have? A Motorola Razor or something like that, right? Before or the, the iPods. IPhone. Do you remember the iPods? Yeah, yeah, and I have one. That's a whole new thing. So we didn't know we needed all that stuff, you yeah. know, but then they come out with the new technology, and now suddenly the world has to have it, and it's a whole new market category. So I don't know. I don't know. See, it's like I said, diminishing returns. The older I get, the less I care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, guys, you know, gonna... we, but we should keep an eye on it, you know, and we yeah, should keep an absolutely. eye on all these things and see how they go. I sometimes have jumped in a little late on these things, and mm -hmm. so sometimes yeah. it would be nice to be in a bit earlier. Yeah, you let the settlers take the arrows, Derek. I know. <laughs> I do. Is I I'm sort of like you. I uh, you know I my my base load. I you know I used to have like an hour in the morning that I had you know baseline work, you know social networking and all that. Now it's up to like three hours. So you know, I I I I do try to guard that time. You know yeah. I don't want to to spill uh, spill over too much into the rest of my day. Yeah, and it's the fine art of focus, which is it's a it's not it's not easy with all these distractions that are out there. Right? Absolutely, I yeah. agree. Yeah. All right, guys, we're gonna move on. I'm gonna skip some of these little bullets that we have in the documents and jump into our listener Q and A. So Arto from Finland says he's been shooting with a full frame DSLR for a while, and as much as he enjoys the bigger viewfinders in them compared to the old crop sensors DSLRs, he'd like to see bigger viewfinders in the next generation, or even bigger viewfinders in the next generation DSLRs and mirrorless cameras. And he's talking about bigger, kind of like the, uh, the big giant ground glass type viewfinders we have on on viewfinder and and medium format cameras so he wants to see those kind of viewfinders giant screens on mirrorless cameras and he's wondering why we don't have those yet Derek is that is that a valid question because we've got the giant LCDs on the back of these cameras like the Sony's with articulating screen back there. We've got Olympus and Panasonic and they all have the, the LCD to touch, in many cases a touch LCD on the back. Do we need a giant ground glass type implementation of a viewfinder? Well, he, you know, he wants an optical system, not an mm -hmm. electronic system. So yeah. you know, that's, you know, kind of what he's after. And, uh, you know, the reason why we don't see more of that is because it takes, uh, you know, big stuff to make that happen. You need, you know, big, big pieces of glass and mirrors and all that good stuff. And a medium format camera that has that nice, uh, ground glass, you know, is, is a pretty hefty device. Right. So I, I just think that it's not the trend right now. I mean, it's just, that's not the direction that, that cameras are going. And, you know, the whole reason why we have, uh, you know, mirrorless cameras and electronic viewfinders and stuff is so that we can have viewfinders in a smaller package. So I, I just think, you know, he's he's hearkening to something that, that just isn't in vogue right now. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a niche. Again, you know, maybe this yeah. is... A, he's asking for um, a cure in search of a disease, right? Or well, a disease you know, in search of a cure. But, you know, something that you can do, uh, you know, for instance, you can buy uh, a, a Hossi, a 500 series Hossi now and get 
and a digital back for it, uh, have that optical glass, you know, uh, you know, experience, and still have you know some modern electronics. So you know there are there are solutions out there for people that you know that that want you know those kind of cameras. Yeah. Yeah, I know, Cheryl. What do you think? I mean, is this? Are you lusting for a a giant viewfinder? In this case, optical viewfinder on your camera, or is this a niche kind of request? Uh, it's a niche kind of request. I, I'm looking to go smaller. I get it that he wants to see. I mean, he he referenced it to that. Um, the Leica. Yeah. The Leica. Yeah. I mean, I, I see what he likes about that. But you know, I I, I think that's the problem with cameras right now because. There is no camera that's perfect for whoever wants a camera. There's always there's some point that's missing from all these cameras. You yeah. know, in the, no matter what category you're in, if there's a four thirds, this like I was I was looking at the Sony the uh, A7 or is that what it's called? The A7? Yeah, A7, A7R. Yeah. So I was thinking, well, maybe I'll put my Canon lenses on that, but then all of a sudden it becomes so heavy again. So right. that so I thought that doesn't solve my problems but I think I think that's the state of the camera industry now it doesn't totally nothing's perfect it just doesn't yeah. fit everybody's exact Not needs yet. Cheryl you should check out the nimblephotographer.com that's Derek's, <laughs> yeah, Derek's site where he yeah. talks about doing more with less and light cameras and packing light bags and all that stuff right Derek yeah yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's why I like Micro Four Thirds so much because it seems to be a sweet spot in sensor size, and then the lenses that cover that sensor aren't too big, and right. it's it's pretty sweet. Yeah, no, I, I I'm familiar with them. I just, I mean, for if I do a job, I I can't imagine going with a Four Thirds camera. Just you know, I'm in the Hamptons. I have to. You have to wear. You have to just. You have to. You have to look a certain way. You have to. You still have to have a DSLR. You know. I think. That's awesome. I do. Cheryl, we say on the show all the time that see that that is is a photography theater, right? So totally. You know, I, you got it. You got really it. Capable and create can create beyond the images that you need to create. The client, in this case, in the Hamptons, right, was expecting you to show up with something more impressive than what they probably showed up with. Well, <laughs> trust me, they have, they have, they have fantastic equipment. You I know, can't they imagine. Just, they just shoot on automatic, but um, yeah, you just you have to you have to wear wear the outfit. You really do. Yeah. I mean, I, that's what I think. So uh, I, mean, I would I would do four thirds for my play, you know. Which I, I, like, I like to play a lot. That's depressing. It's like the uniform. You have to wear the outfit, is what you say. You got to show up. You got to show up. You know, Derek, how do you feel about that? You have to show up at your jobs wearing, quote, the outfit in order to be, like, considered a pro? Uh, some jobs, yeah. I do. I know uh, Joseph and I had a little round about this, and he's going, "Really? You do things?" So? And I go, "Yeah, some jobs I do. Uh, the the job I just finished that uh, was uh, went on for a couple months, big for a credit union. Uh, I did 5D Mark II with big lenses on that. Um, yeah. You know, it was it was the right camera for the job. Yeah. But now when I go to uh, Photo Plus next month uh, and and reporting. I'm not going to take my 5D Mark II and the 70 to 200. I'll I'll be taking uh, my Micro Four Thirds kit. And as a reporter, no one cares, you know, what what camera I have, you yeah. know, how big it is. So it it depends on the job. 
Yeah, that's just, uh, I mean, it's easy to say from the sidelines and be our armchair quarterback and make yeah. judgments and say, oh, you should stick to your principles. You are the artist. No one should be able to dictate what paintbrush you use to create your art, right? But then you're right. On the other side, there, like Cheryl was saying, there's, there's a bit of, you know, there's theater in there, you know? And if you want the job, they have to, you know, you got to present as somebody that fills a role that they're expecting to see. So. Yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't attach that much emotion to it. As I look at it as just the right tool for the job. Yeah. If someone wants to write me a big check, you know, I <laughs> then you're yeah, like I'll shoot I'll, I'll shoot with a viewfinder camera from 1945. <laughs> I, you know, I'm not that emotional about it. You know, I don't, I'm not going to base my integrity on you know uh, you know which how big my camera is. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Love it. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. All right, guys, let's jump into the picks of the week. This is the segment where you guys, the co-hosts, can recommend something to the TWIP audience as long as it somehow relates to photography. Cheryl, you are our brand new co-host on This Week in Photo. I'm going to let you go first. What is your pick of the week? My pick is um, a new ebook called Photographing Children Naturally by me. It's published by Trey Ratcliffe. It's available on Flatbooks. It's a comprehensive guide to photographing children and, and for newbies, people who maybe are thinking about uh, stepping into that field of photographing children. And mm -hmm. there's even stuff for people who are already doing it already. There's like, for instance, there's some great checklists in there. Like before every shoot, I print out these checklists and I make sure that I have all my equipment and know my ISO and know what size prints the client's going to want. So I'm cropping big enough around it or anyway I have all this stuff in the book and Flatbooks is giving coupon for 20 off till um, October 13th. 20% off awesome. 20% okay. off Cheryl Twip is the coupon code. Very cool Cheryl C-H-E-R-Y-L T-W-I-P cool and that's through the 13th of when is it of October? October. Awesome alright well cool thank you Thank you, and thanks for coming on. It's good to have you on the show. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you. All right, Mr. Derek Story, you have a pick of the week. I have a feeling yours is going to be more geeky than an e-book. What, what <laughs> is your pick? Just possibly. Um, although I, I like the sound of her e-book, definitely. Uh -huh. uh, so this is by uh, Western Digital. Am I doing this well here? You are. I see it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it looks like a hard drive, and uh, it is a hard drive. It has a one-terabyte drive in there. But it also has uh, Wi-Fi uh, built in, and it also has a SD card slot right here in the side. And you can just carry this little puppy. Uh, the My Passport Wireless, and uh, I put the link for you in the show notes. Uh, the one terabyte model is $179, USB 3 also. But basically, you fire it up, and it starts. it sets up an access point for Wi-Fi. And you can, up to, I think, six or eight people can log in at once with uh, iPads, iPhones, Android uh, devices, uh, and computers, both Mac and Windows, can log into it. And uh, you not only can you get the information that's off this drive onto you, any of those devices, what we haven't seen, though, is being able to, to send pictures and documents from those devices to this to be backed up. Right. They figure out how to do that uh, using their app, 
uh, you know. And then the other thing is that when you're in the field, you can take your SD card, uh, put it in here, and have it just automatically backed up both JPEG and RAW files. And then later on that night, you can, um, you know, pull out your iPad and uh, look at your pictures. They're safe and sound on here. That's cool. It's yeah, it's cool. really nice. It has a, a battery built in that goes about six hours. I don't baby it. You know, I just leave it on. Uh, it seems to be in standby mode. It seems to go for quite a while. And uh, it the Wi-Fi doesn't turn off. You know, it, it stays going. So when you need it, it's just there. Yeah. And uh, it, it's light. It's very light. So let, me, let, me, let me understand that. So that device, I, I get that thing. I configure it. I turn it on. And it's a it's a one terabyte drive in there that that is also creating a Wi-Fi bubble around it that up to whatever six devices you said can then connect to it simultaneously and transfer files to or off of it. Correct. Is that right? Correct. For six hours. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, you can also yeah also have the SD card slot for if you just if you're just in the field and you just want to do a direct backup right away. You just yeah. did a shoot and you go. I just I want this backed up. Just put it in here and it will just boom copy everything that's on the card. Put it in a directory uh, and organize it on here so that when you look uh, at the directory structure on your device, it's organized. It's not like it's just a bunch of loose files. Yeah. And, and you can use the app, the iOS app or the Android app, to even organize the directories, create new ones, move things around. It's, they've thought about uh, this a lot. You know? I wonder, I wonder is it, am I able to shoot to that directly, you think, Derek, from, uh, from a, like a, one of the Lumix cameras that has Wi-Fi or any camera that has Wi-Fi built into it? You think it's so, kind of a wireless tether? I, no, I haven't tested that. Uh, I, you know, in principle, yes, but it might not be a feature of the software yet. Mm. You know? So you know, that, that, would be, that would be something um, you know, interesting to, to consider, yeah. Yeah, that would be but, killer. Wow. But, cool. uh, and what is it? So hundred what? This one's 179, and then the, there's a two terabyte model that's 249, and uh, so it's a feature on um, on the podcast, my the digital story podcast tomorrow. Uh, so I talk more about it. I go into even more detail about it on the podcast. So, Excellent. Excellent. but uh, I, you know, I have to tell you, I've been kind of waiting for something like this for a while. Because what it means is now iPad, this camera gear, I get on a plane to New York, and I don't really need to schlep much else. That's and, it. You That's know, it. Is the drive in there? Is it a is it a solid state drive or is it? Spinning? No, it's not. It's not. It's a spinning drive. You can hear it. You know, yeah. uh, okay. But yeah. uh, if it was a one terabyte solid state drive, then the price would be a lot more. I was gonna say one hundred seventy nine dollars. Yeah, that'd be yeah. like five or six seventy nine if it was a. Solid yeah, state. it was. It would be up there. Now I think Toshiba has done a solid state uh, kind of this thing, a solid state version. But uh, it's only 256 gigabytes, and I think it costs a bit more. So, yeah. you know, it's that solid-state drives up the price. Someday That's that won't be the though. case. I mean, yeah. it's interesting that they're able to get six hours of battery life out of something with a spinning drive in it that's also creating a Wi-Fi network. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so, yeah. impressive. And, you know, that's the first thing I always sort of question. But then, you know, I just left the thing running and doing my thing, and I've charged it twice the whole time I've had it. I've been testing it for about a month. 
Wow. All right, so, it's on my list. I may have to get that tonight. That looks yeah, like, that looks like yeah. a must-have trip device. Got to have that. Yeah, device. yeah. So you can get it straight from Western Digital or from B and H right now. You know, so it's not anyway. on Amazon. I'm an Amazon Prime guy. I, I want it Wednesday. I did it on Come Amazon on. before. It, it might be now. Who knows? Yeah. Okay, but All it's right. brand new. This is brand new. Yeah, I know. I did it. So the interview that I mentioned earlier, I did with um, one of the VP of marketing at uh -huh. Western Digital is the latest uh, TWIP Talks or the interview series that I do is the latest episode with him. And he mentions that device specifically. But he went into it. And he kind of talked about what it does, but I kind of glazed over a little bit, you know, yeah. because it's marketing stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. When you say it, of course, yeah. it makes sense. Now I'm like, okay, maybe that's cool. But yeah, you know, it's it's you know, and you do it like these other devices, right? So from your iPad, you just log in to that Wi-Fi access point in settings, then you launch the app, and off you go. That's it. All right, I'm gonna get life, one. Life is beautiful. Hey, you you haven't steered me wrong yet, Derek. Even even you guiding me into the world of Micro Four Thirds. So. Yes. Yeah, and this one, I, I just is convinced you'll be happy with this, too. All right, cool. All right. All right, my pick real quick is from our friend Brian Caparici. He's, uh, he's a frequent guest on This Week in Photo. He's been on at least once, I think. And uh, he runs a site called The Sprouting Photographer. It's a site that's targeted more at the business and marketing side of photographer or photography, specifically as it applies to weddings and portraits. So he wrote a post called The Lie of busy. So it's a really good post and it's on my iPad waiting on me to, to sort of read it again. But it's, it's a really good post that sort of goes into the idea behind the excuses that we use for being busy all the time and how you can get out of that sort of rut of I can't do the things that I want to do because I have no time and oh, kind of re yeah, readjust into you have a lot of time. You know, it's just you choose not to have that time <laughs> to do the stuff that you want to do. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely check that out. And Brian, Brian's a good writer. And definitely check out the sproutingphotographer.com, too. That's his, uh, that's his website. And I believe he has a podcast over there, too, where he does some really cool interviews with a lot of industry movers and shakers. All right, guys, we are at the end of another episode of This Week in Photo. I want to thank our friends over at squarespace.com for their support of the show. Cheryl? Where can people go to keep up with you and connect with you online? They could go to my website, CherylMachatDorskin.com. It's a long word, so you'll have it. <laughs> you'll have it on the notes. Yes. CherylMachatDorskin.com. Excellent, excellent. And you've got photo classes around, running around because we did an yeah. interview. It's going to air soon, but we did an interview, and you sort of talk about that you do these intimate sort of photo classes, and you do some online stuff. Tell us a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah, I'm actually teaching a lot right now. I teach uh, three online classes, photographing children, all about color, and painting photos. They're all online. And then I do um, private mentoring classes. And then I'm doing a photo safari on October 11th. People come and I take them to fabulous places out here in the Hamptons. We got two carloads. And then I teach a painting photos workshop in uh, November. Wonderful. So I, I, oh, and I, and I teach college, too. I teach college class. So wow. I, I'm teaching a lot right now. You're busy. You're busy. Well, cool. I'm busy. I'll have to read the sprouting, uh, the, that article you said. <laughs> yes, yes, the lie of busy. Well, thanks for coming on, sir. I appreciate it. This is your, your first time on TWIP. You did a fantastic job. I appreciate you taking the time. Oh, Amen. thank you for having me. You're welcome. 
All right, Mr. Derek Story, what about you? What's up for you? You said at the beginning of the show that you've got your workshop series kicking off again. What's going on? Yeah, I'll announce that on uh, on October 1st. And uh, everything goes through thedigitalstory.com, and, uh, including uh, the Nimble Photographer. There's a link to that from there, and Instagram and Twitter and all that good stuff. So just go to the one spot and then play all you want. Lots of, lots of good things. And the weekly podcast, of course, every yeah, the digital story. Yeah, you're you're prolific. What what episode number are you up to now on the digital story? Four hundred and fifty something, I think. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was thinking, I I better think of something to do for the five hundredth episode because it's going to creep up on me, and that, you know you don't want to do the five hundred episode and say, yeah, I'm talking about Canon today. Yeah, or you yeah, can just let it go and just be like, yeah. you know, it's 500, whatever. Uh, I, I, I want to do something. Maybe I'll give away free cameras or something. Who knows? There you go. I think yeah. you should give away a free Panasonic GM1. How about that? Yeah, and then I then you can give me a GM5. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, GM5. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I want. I, I know, I know. Yeah. We got to talk about that. Hopefully, yeah. Doug K will get his hands on that GM5 soon and do an all about the gear episode about it. That's uh, yeah. Well, that won't looks, help, looks that won't help cool. my cause. That'll just make me want it more. I'm sure. I yeah. know. I know. You should stay away from Photo Plus Expo. I think. So. Yeah, I'm gonna be, and I'm gonna be at Photo Plus Expo. So uh, if you, if you're going, come by. Anyone's coming by. I'm gonna be hanging out with you for a bit, right? Yes. Yes. You will be in the photo. So that is my where you can find me thing. So okay. I'll be at the Panasonic booth at Photo Plus Expo. We're going to be doing a bunch of interviews there. Derek's going to be interviewed. And we're going to be giving away, Derek, I don't know if you know about this, but we're going to be giving away, TWIP is giving away a GM5. Ah, uh-huh. <laughs> right. I'm probably excluded for some... You know, uh, yeah, well, yeah, that would that would look bad if you won. So. No, it would look good because <laughs> it would look good on your shelf, right? It would look, no, it looked good in my camera bag, and I I would promote it, Frederick. I there you promise. go. There look you what go. Frederick gave me. So yeah. to enter to win that, so I've because there's going to be so many people that want that particular camera, I've set up a page on thisweekinphoto.com under the events area for for the Panasonic. Thing. So just go to that. You'll see the Panasonic, you know, Photo Plus event there. And on that page, you can register to uh, get in the drawing for this particular camera. So if you want it, register. Because, you know, a lot of people will say, you know what, I will never win anything. So they don't register. And there end up being like, you know, 200 people in there. And that's it. So it's got to win it. Suggest you register to win that, and if you know, and or I may just keep it for myself. I don't know. <laughs> no, I could use one. Look, look, look. You have a GM1. You don't need it. Look at this. I'm schlepping this old thing around. Look at that. Yeah, you have. See, that's what I say. You have GM1. I don't have anything. I don't have nothing. Ah, whatever. Wah. Wah. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, listeners, if you want to check us out, be sure to head over to thisweekinphoto.com. As Cheryl said, the brand new This Week in Photo website for all of the TWIP Network shows, including this one, All About the Gear, TWIP Talks, 
um, Street Focus, and more on the way. You can check them all out there at thisweekinphoto.com or go to thisweekinphoto.com slash subscribe and you'll see a listing of all our shows. All right, and I'm Frederick Van Johnson, and with that, it is time to take that lens cap off. This Week in Photo is a Pixelcore.tv production, produced by Suzanne Llewellyn with technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar.